these ethics are are really what I would say principles uh, and standards well principles and precepts uh, for those who have been brought from death to life those who have now been adopted into the family of God and uh, last week we looked at work really and we're trying to answer the question what really drives Christians to work who is our ultimate example of work and we we sort of opened up uh, Genesis and saw that our God is a creator he's the creating God who created everything uh, in the heavens and the earth the, the, the earth was uh, formless and void and the spirit of God was hovering um, uh, over the face of the deep and you know God said let they be this let they be light let they be this and, 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 and behold it was good and so that is the really the the sort of um, you know path that we are to follow as believers of course we saw that mankind sinned and fell and 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 and, and, and you know, well they sinned against God and they fell and so when mankind sinned um, everything was now tainted with sin and so we were not as we should be and we were not as we could be in other words even now there are certain instances where we do not work as we should when our fallenness our our fallen nature shows itself uh, it, whether we are being slothful whether we are cutting corners whether we are cheating whether we are stealing if there are some people who steal from their employers by not being truthful about their whereabouts or not being truthful about the amount of work they've put in and ultimately are sinning against God and so we, we, we really delved into how we, we as Christians should view work, uh, how we should, how the telling signs of when we are being uh, lazy. And we, we even explored really how human beings themselves, how they actually view work. And if you think about it, uh, the, the human being doesn't, uh, you know, the natural man does not want to work. We want to receive things on a silver platter um, without working. Hence, people like to cut corners, maybe a less, and, and, and we even spoke about the issue of uh, looking for a less uh, sort of uh, arduous employment. Uh, and that is not even bad in itself, but it shows you that, um, you know, people would love to do, to, to, to really uh, get away from the sort of hard work, as it were, laborious work, and go into the more easy stuff. Uh, but I mean, we said, we, 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 
we saw that it wasn't bad in itself, but if our minds and our hearts need to be transformed uh, for us to really think about it. And so, when man, mankind fell in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19, uh, we see that God gave judgments. Uh, you know, work became toilsome and wearisome, and by the sweat of your brow, you were to work. So, whatever work you're involved in, whether it's toilsome, well, sorry, whether it's uh, laborious work that is really draining to the physical body, or work that drains your mental faculties, we, 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 the Bible is clear that work will still be toilsome. So, by the sweat of your brow, you will work and toil and because you were brought from the, uh, from from dust you were made you will go back to the dust from dust you created dust you will return and uh you will die so um i think i did say one of the statements that we need to think about as human beings um is you know working unto the lord working hard and dying and i think one of the other facets that i highlighted was as christians one of our primary works if not our primary work is to preach the gospel to ensure that even in our art even in our work form the gospel is the forefront that is really what we are meant to do so that the light of christ is shone in the dark world and mankind is transformed just like we were graciously transformed by god himself through the holy spirit applying redemption to our hearts and us changing from the inside out what of what of leisure what of leisure leisure and recreation listen to this definition of leisure so this is from the miriam webster dictionary it says freedom provided by the cessation of activities uh, especially time from work or duties and the Cambridge Dictionary says, the time when you are not working or doing other duties. The time when you're not working um, or doing other duties. Now, I think that, that, that uh, those definitions are, are slightly leaky. Because if you think about it, even as Christians, you know, uh, there is... There is no time when we're not working. Of course, even when, you know, apart from your specified employment, because, okay, let's say, for instance, you are a builder. You are building, okay? That is your employment. So leisure here simply means time away from building. But, I mean... You know, uh, what if you're doing other things as well, like on the side? Will, will, um, will you stop working? So I think also 
I would say that leisure in itself is part of work, but you are resting or, or, or taking time away from what you have been employed to do. What, what really is what you say, well, this is my job, this is my work, this is what I do. For example, if someone uh, um, is a co computer... <sighs> Maybe that's a bad example, but maybe someone, yeah, someone is a football coach. Uh, what do they do during, um, you know, preseason or not even preseason when uh, football has taken a long break? Maybe they go out to the Bahamas and whatever. That is the, the leisure time. Although maybe they may be in a way working and thinking about the next season, etc., etc., Right, so, so leisure is free time. Now, one thing I want us to note is that the Bible does talk about resting. We see that in the beginning after God had uh, created six days, created uh, the, the, the things that were in the earth and some which were part of the universe um he rested uh but not so much so to rest as in to say maybe god was tired because that would be wrong theologically god does not sleep or slumber he doesn't get tired but i think so much so as to marvel at the work that he had created to say this is good this is, this is amazing. God was glorying in himself. How amazing is that? See, this is, this is amazing. But God took a hiatus from the work of creation. And so I, I want us to think about this uh, really, I think, personally. Even as we are, as Christians... What is our own personal definition of, of leisure and or recreation? Because the same thing, recreation is something that you just do as a pastime or a hobby, uh, you know, just, you know, to, to take, some people say, putting your head down or taking your mind off what is serious. But the question is, should we ever... <laughs> Should we ever take our minds off the gospel? You know, the gospel was serious. So even, <laughs> even, even, when we're on even when we're in leisure, should we ever take our minds off the gospel? Should we ever, should we ever, should the gospel ever be forgotten? You know? Um, I, I mean, I just want us to think about those things. To say, well, you're in the Bahamas or you've gone to Jamaica and, you know, you are, you're on a holiday, you know, yeah, <laughs> some people say I'm on holiday from church. I don't want to be with the church. I don't want to be with the you know the people of God. I'm away. So I want us to to think about um, really leisure from a broad sense to say. So what is your definition of leisure or recreation or sport? Let, let me define sport as well, because it's part of the package. 
Sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. And friends, when we look at all these definitions, I want us to keep this in mind that for some, what we call leisure, uh, what we call leisure is work for others. What we call work is leisure for others. So for example, like a, a spectator sport, those people that you're watching chasing a ball at work, after that they get their paycheck, they go home. And yet, you who has been watching, that's leisure. It's entertainment. It's, 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 it's sort of, you know, relaxes you. And, you know, some are actually paid to watch sports and commentate on the, on sports. Some are actually, some are, some actually go and bet over sports. <laughs> and, you know, so that they can go and see, okay, so how is my money growing there? I want to see whether the horse that I bet on is actually winning. And so, really, what does God have to do with all of these things? Does the Bible speak about leisure? Well, okay, I'll say one thing. The Bible does speak about rest. I think that that's the first and, and, and most important thing. The Bible says you must rest from your toil. Some people, you know, for some people... Uh, most of us, it should be, you know, on the, on the Lord's day. For some people, it is even extended to maybe a leave. Some people take sabbaticals. It depends with your work or your employment. Some people say, well, I need, uh, maybe someone is pregnant, uh, you know, um, you know, maternity, leave. There is a time to rest. I think that's what we have to keep in mind. But now I think the question is, the question is what to do with our rest. How to spend our time doing leisure. Now, I'm not here to give us a list of, uh, <laughs> okay, so, you know, from 1 to 30, these are to do's and these are to don't. Don't. Don't touch on it. You know. But um, I'll, I'll, let's move on to what uh, the, the Old Testament, just a small overview of what the Old Testament says about uh, leisure and rest etc etc music and dance for example are listed in the psalms psalm 150 verse 4 you know there were there were also celebration celebrations of 
holidays the the jews had you know the feast of uh booths and tabernacles etc etc in the feast of tabernacles the jews erected tents to get away from the uh, from you know the hustle and bustle of everyday life to think about how god had been had been to them in the past we see that in the old testament people also took people into their homes and provided them rest and leisure uh, food drink and access to their dwelling we see also in the song of songs uh you know when uh, that um i think it's part of wisdom literature or or if you want to call it poetic literature the song of songs it mentions sex as a leisure sort of activity for pleasure um you know we, we, in the in, in the confines of marriage you know there's some people uh, some theologians who held the view that sex was only for procreation that's all nothing else if you were having sex in marriage for pleasure that's sin that's what they'll say so we see that you know god has in the whole scheme of things god has enabled us to rest given us time to rest of our toil and wearisome uh, work and duties to be able to go and relax and leisure but let's not forget that in that leisure our duty is still to glorify god have we ever thought about resting that way like even as you're resting you think oh how god has been good to me even if you're watching football i think oh maybe it's hard to concentrate 90 minutes say oh when messi scoring oh how god has been good to me <laughs> you know but <laughs> but you know that's that, that's really how we are to view these things um when we think of um let's turn to quickly um a few texts colossians 3:17 colossians 3:17 This is on the new this is in the context of putting on the new self. Paul says, "And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him." I I guess this will radically, if not radically change the way we view leisure. or entertainment or recreation or even sport 1 Corinthians chapter 10 First Corinthians chapter 10 and I'll read um verse 31 This is the word of God 
so what whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of god and verse 32 give no offense to jews or to greeks or to the church of god just as i try to please everyone in everything i do not seek my own advantage but that of many that they may be saved so paul is saying whatever you do whether you eat or drink uh do it to the glory of god but we know that these texts do not contradict the very character of God. I think that's one thing that we should keep in mind. Who is God? And so in light of who God is and what he has done for us, then we will know how to spend our leisure time or find things to entertain us which do not contradict the character of God. Now, this is not legalism. This is not rules and laws. I mean, people will say, well, pastor, you know, I, I, you know, I think Christians are free to do what they want. And I'll say, wrong. Wrong because Paul says you're not, you're, you shouldn't use your freedom in Christ for sin. You shouldn't use your freedom in Christ for licentiousness. You shouldn't use, you shouldn't take a grace for granted. Shall we continue on sinning so that grace may abound? And Paul says, by no means. By no means. We have been freed from bondage, from sin, from slavery. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a Christian, you have been freed from bondage and slavery to sin and you have been brought forth and, uh, and you have been adopted into a new family, a new family in Christ. So this will radically change our views on music. Uh, what music should one listen to what movies should one watch or entertain themselves with should i watch movies that are sexually explicit in the name of no no no, no they are just uh you know they it's nothing but a movie it won't do anything and I'll say, well, you're a sitting duck because God, whatever you feed yourself with, you will soon assume that thing that you're feeding. So if it is movies that are sexually uh, immoral and not, re <laughs> not porn explicitly per se, It, it's not, it, it, it won't take time before you are now searching for porn. Because the flesh needs to be gratified. The flesh wants gratification. If you go to nightclubs and say, well, I just have one casual drink. Well, I promise you, my friend, that it won't be too long before you are on the dance floor having downed more than ten. And drunk. If you say, well, you know, remember what Paul says bad company.
corrupts good morals. But I, I want us to go on here and I want to focus on sport for a bit. I want to focus on sport and then I think when we're looking at sport, my hope and my aim is that we will see these principles and see how to apply them to other facets. Alright. So, I've already given us the definition of sport. Now, this is the history of sport. The church has always struggled to rightly understand the role of games in God's greater purposes. The Apostle Paul really seemed to appreciate sport because when he was, quote, when he was writing scripture, he would use descriptive illustrations or athletic metaphors such as running the race with endurance don't we love that text run the race with endurance which race was he talking about you see that in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 there's also fight the good fight first timothy chapter 6 verse 12 and training in righteousness. There's, time, there's times when he says, you know, I beat my body into submission, lest I be disqualified. There, there's, I think, also in Hebrews. Let me just turn quickly to Hebrews. Uh, chapter 12. Verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And we see, and we are led to assume that Paul, presumably in his spare time, although not explicitly outlined, may have enjoyed sport. Okay? Before you stone me. Let me repeat that again. I said it has not been clearly described that Paul may have enjoyed sports. But because of his, the way he, he, he writes, you can tell that, okay, this person may have been a spectator of sports. Now, in the first few centuries of the church, Christians were largely against sports of the day. There were early Olympic Games which were dedicated to gods like Zeus and Nike. And athletes usually competed in the nude. It was sensual. It was racy. Moreover, the most popular sporting event 
which are the gladiator games, involved throwing Christians into the ring with wild bears and lions. So they will have a coliseum, a stadia, a stadium, where the emperor will be sitting with his wife or wives or subjects. And they'll say, who, who, they'll say, so who, who has been captured? And then they'll say some random name. Then they'll say, well, release him into the what? The stadia. And then they'll release a lion or a bear to go and attack the person. That's what was known as sport in those days. Thank you. <laughs> right, so throughout history, sport especially had an overall negative or dismissive, uh, the, the Christians had a dismissive view of sports. They said it was the devil's workshop. And a secular means uh, to an evangelistic end at best. But we know that John Kelvin played or something called, or if you don't know, it's called uh, bocce ball. Or Dietrich Bonhoeffer actually played tennis. But Puritans in America put sports completely aside, outside of God's will. They said, this is not biblical. <laughs> Okay, so, so I, I wonder how they dealt with maybe converts who were sports, sports people. How would they evangelize to people maybe who, who, were usual, who were sporty, who played sport as a profession. Maybe they come to church, they get converted, and then now they are away on sporting activities. I wonder how they, yeah. But we see that the sports, up until the late 18th, 18th century, sports were for the most part recreational. They were not, they were just for fun. Not really for uh, competition. There was no sort of, you know, monetization or commercialization of sports up until later than later that time so i want us after having laid that i want us to, to see two views that affect our thinking of sports recreation music movies leisure there's two prevailing views there's the aesthetic view which says or the dualism view, the soul dualism, that understands that anything spiritual is good, but anything physical, or at least inferior, is bad. So, 
Really, the word aesthetic comes from the Greek, which often translated exercise or training. The aesthetic mindset, generally speaking, seeks to abstain from worldly pleasures and to discipline the body for the pursuit of spiritual and heavenly fulfillment. That is the aesthetic life. That's where monasteries were formed. Where people would say this world is bad. The physical attributes of the world are bad. Everything in the world is bad. So let me tie a chain around my neck and go and tie myself to a rock and wait for the return of Christ. Or to say, no, no, no. That's why you even have people who are separated. They literally just to be separated from the world means to form your own camp and move away from the world. So that's the prevailing thinking, even which is associated with sports, leisure, movies, and etc. etc. Because they'll say, no, this is explicitly bad. That's the dualistic or the aesthetic view. It emphasizes the call of Jesus as one of self-denial. But according to this commentator, often wrongly confuses the denial of the sinful nature with the denial of God's good creational gifts. And friends, I think this is important. That leisure, recreation, in and of itself, is not bad. What is bad is here. What we do with our leisure is the one that is problematic. Not leisure itself. Of course, there are certain things or certain professions or certain things that people do which are outrightly sinful. Which are, it's outrightly sinful. You can't say, I'm going to be a prostitute for the glory of God. You can't say that. You say, no, no, I'm just a, 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 a prostitution is my hobby. It's a recreation. You know, I just do it to, you know, to pass time. For pleasure. And God, yes, for pleasure, you are gratifying your flesh. Wrongly so to speak. The Bible speaks about that. And the reason, and friends, I hope you're seeing the reason why we're actually looking at these things. Because really, there are so many people who call themselves Christians out there, but they, the way they live their lives, it's as if there's a, there's a complete disconnect from the Bible. You're saying that you're a Christian, but this is what you do. In fact, not this is how you do, this is how you do it. What you do and how you do it. Alright? So the second view or the second enemy of the goodness of, of sports in, or in God's design for creation is the type of dualism 
dualism it just simply means two that divides God's creation into two categories sacred and secular I don't know if you've ever heard of that to say brother Felix if you're evangelizing if you're working in the church that is sacred okay but Felix if you're working at NRZ building that is secular <laughs> it's bad So according to this view, God cares about prayer, Bible studies, and the church, but the activities of work, sports, and art are neutral. And no matter to no, no, and only matter to God if they are used for higher spiritual purposes, such as evangelism. So someone who is uh, who's got this secular and sacred divide, they'll say, Well, unless you're going to the game to evangelize then you're not watching the game for the glory of God. <laughs> unless, unless you're going to the game to evangelize, you're not watching the game for the glory of God. Unless you are, you know, maybe, maybe this, this is a terrible example. Unless you're going to a Lil Wayne concert to go and evangelize to Lil Wayne and his uh, bodyguards, you are you. Are, that, that is sin. You, you see that you go with the Bible and go there and evangelize to people jumping up and down, screaming profanities and all that stuff, and you are there with the Bible saying, "I'm ready to engage." Then that's what say. Okay, that is noble. That is sacred. <laughs> And so, friends, we do not live in a vacuum. We live in a world with real dangers and real pools. My main agenda here today is not to give you a list of do's and don'ts. I don't want to go beyond what the scriptures have written. But I want us to really to think about our own personal lives aside from work what sort of recreational things do we like doing how do we spend our leisure time is leisure an idol is sports and recreation idol because sports and recreation can be an idol. So, for example, there are people who would miss church to go and watch football. There are people who would miss church because they're on holiday. Where are you? No, I'm in England. Okay, is there not a near church? Yes, there's a near church there. So why didn't you go, no, I'm on holiday? <laughs> You're resting from God, okay? And really, when the sports and recreation and leisure 
take the place of God, then they've become an idol. We should avoid the pitfalls of on either side of looking at leisure in itself as sinful and saying it's bad because it's part of the created or physical world. But to really do it for the glory of God and even for the enjoyment of it. Because God did not deny us the enjoyment. If Paul says, do everything as unto the Lord, whatever you, whether you eat or drink, do it, do it as unto the Lord, he's saying moderately to enjoy, to glorify God, to see the goodness. Because these, are, friends, these are privileges that we have. It is not a right. It's a privilege. Because you have been working. Now it's time to rest. What do you do? I mean, some people do read books. You know, they go hiking. They go camping. Do all sorts of things. But I mean, so, even as you're doing that, that is the Christian, that is the Christian world view. In the world, when they think of leisure, why do you think many people love Friday in the world? Leisure is booze. Clubbing. Going to, going to your friends and tell them lies. Drunk. Women. Womenizing. That is, that is what, and, and you, you see some of these people on, on, you know, especially, I think it was South Africa or whatever, people are saying, no, you know, we are we are striking against the ban, the banning of alcohol. <laughs> you know? And and whilst we're on alcohol, I, I didn't touch on it, but let me I want us to, 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 to really think about what the Bible says about alcohol. Because the Bible does not really speak against the consumption of alcohol, but what it does speak about is the state of drunkenness that alcohol inflicts upon a person. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Proverbs 20 verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Okay? 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 to 11. Or do you know, uh, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunks, sorry, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And friends, this is not even to, you know, tell people, well, you know, just because I don't drink, I'm better than you. No, no, no. What 
we, we want to be scriptural. We want to be as, as Berean as Berean as possible. What does the scripture say? If Brother Doe would like to have one or two hunters gold, well, that's his conscience. Allow him. <laughs> if you're stumbled, well, Brother Doe would do well to keep away from such Christians who will be stumbled. But if Brother Doe is drunk, we now need to warn him. And say, Brother, you are in sin. Repent. <laughs> Repent. You have now exceeded your le your leisure has gone too far. <laughs> you know? And people say, so where, where do you draw the line? When I say, well, where do you draw the line? The scriptures help us to draw the line. I mean, there are some people who would say, well, if you just take a drop of alcohol, you're not a Christian. You know that? Do you know that? There are people who say, if you just take a drop of alcohol, you're not a Christian. They will cut fellowship with you. And also, <laughs> there's also the, the issue of, you know, cigarettes. I think the Bible does take a similar stance. I like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. If the cigarettes, the alcohol enslave you then you are in sin you are in sin and of course there is the thing of being uh, you know a good steward of your body so i think i saw a message there on the chat i just let me peek it <laughs> all right that's brother yeah so Yeah, so I would like to close this portion with Romans chapter 14 because I think that a lot of issues on Christian ethics, on recreation especially, and, leather, and, and leisure, sorry, and sports can be sorted out by Romans 14. Uh, because Paul lays out principles and and precepts on how to navigate. Let me read Romans 14. Uh, I'll read from verse uh, yeah, verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But not to quarrel over opinions. One person may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. So, here's a principle. Let the one who, who, who watches sport not uh, despise the one who watches series. Oh! Only if they are not blaspheming God. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. Let the one who watches sport not 
despise the one who watches series or the one who wants to go to Bahamas. Let him not despise the one who's going to Lupani. You know? Say, ah, no, you're going to a very expensive place. You guys are, that is unchristian. You need to deny yourself. Be simplistic. Alright? Verse 4. Oh, let me read. Verse 3. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is, it is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in the honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor. So if someone likes Africa Day or Independence Day, and maybe you, you're not really, you know, into all of that. You just say, ah, you guys, you love Zanu PF. You are the reason why this country is bad. I'm breaking fellowship with you. Paul is saying, the one who observes the day, honors it in the honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the, of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the, the one who abstains, abstains in, in, in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For, for to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be both the Lord of, of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or, do, or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And he goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think, friends, we must be careful in how we navigate these waters. That's why we're in this Christian ethics session. Because it is not a, a straight jacket. I would say it's black and white. If, if you know how to navigate according to you know, what, God, what the Bible says, you will navigate. But I would say that we as humans make it gray. We make it gray because we're, we're fallen. What you may see, what you may see as well, is perfectly fine. Someone else may not. So, leisure and recreation. I hope I have done justice to this very hard topic, uh, which really has caused divisions everywhere. There are people who are aesthetic. There are people who are too recreation-oriented. But the Bible has, you know, a, 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 a standpoint which is centered on Christ. Amen.